Solvents play a key role in some carbon capture and storage processes by absorbing the CO2 from industrial gases that would otherwise be emitted into the atmosphere. However, their efficacy can stand to be improved. Enter the Launch Project. For three years, the International Launch Project sought to tackle the issue of the degradation of solvents through large-scale tests and knowledge sharing amongst its research partners from around the globe. Joining us today is Peter van Oss, Project Coordinator of Launch and Senior Project Manager at the Netherlands-based research organization TNO on what kickstarted the project, key findings, and where we see the development of solvents headed in the years to come. Hi, Peter. Thanks for joining us. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Maybe we can kick off by your involvement in the launch project. So you were the Project Coordinator of Launch, which recently just concluded after three years. What was the impetus behind the project and who was involved? Yes, we had a project uh, in this uh, particular funding scheme before, which was called Alliance CCUS, where a lot of the partners who were involved in launch also partic- uh, participated. In Alliance CCUS, we looked at the whole chain uh, for uh, CCUS, so to capture uh, transport, uh, storage, utilization, also social aspects. But we saw, particularly in the capture project, that there was a actually a knowledge gap, and that knowledge gap was really on the degradation of solvents. Solvents degrade over time, so the performance uh, goes back over time. And we thought, okay, let's, after the Alliance CCS, we thought, okay, let's let's build a really technical project that can really address this issue. And I think we were able also to, yeah, to gather more or less the, the most knowledgeable, knowledgeable people and partners in the project, I think even in the world. By having this collaboration, we could really make an impact. So from the Netherlands, we work together with uh, TNO as the coordinator and uh, AVR, which is a uh, waste incinerator in the Netherlands. From Germany, we have AWE, who owns a really nice uh, pilot plants at their uh, coal-fired power station in Niederhausen. From Norway, we had uh, NTNU, Sintef and Biobi. NTNU and Sintef being research institute, Biobi being an institute who works on uh, plastic materials for construction. And from the UK, we had the University of Sheffield, University of Edinburgh, and Dusan, which is an equipment supplier. And then we had the two partners from the US. So the University of Texas, who has a really uh, good name in uh, doing research on solvents. And Los Alamos National Laboratory, who was also one of the participants in, uh, in launch. So really very knowledgeable consortium who, in our view, could really, make, when we started this project, in our view, could really make an impact in this, uh, in this topic. Yeah, so it sounds like there are strong partnerships amongst researchers and and universities, uh, which we'll kind of unpack in a bit. But maybe before we get into that, you can explain the importance of of solvents when it comes to CCS projects. What is the primary role of solvents in CCS and why are they needed? Um, Yeah, to to capture CO2, there are a few different technologies. Uh, And here we're looking at at post-combustion CCS, which means that this is an... uh, end of pipe technology so you take the flue gas which come out of the let's say the insulation who uh, creates this this uh, co2 for instance a waste incinerator a cement factory or a, a power station for instance and then you put a chemical plant behind it that catches this uh, co2 and the flue gas flue gases are leading are being led through uh, through a tower with a kind of packing material in it and uh, the the gas enters from the bottom and the solvent drops down from the top. And in the contact from gas and the solvent, the CO2 is taken up by the solvent. So that contains then a lot of CO2. And uh, out of this pipe then goes the more or less the clean flue gas. 
And the solvent with the CO2 is then pumped to another column where it's been heated up until around 100, 120 degrees. And then the solvent is released. So then you have solvent in its pure form, which then can be used for transportation, storage, or utilization. And uh, the solvent is then has less CO2 in it and can be pumped back to this other column where it can take up the solvent again. So it's a kind of circular process where the solvent is used to take up the solvent, to clean the flue gas, and then release the CO2 from the flue gas, and then you enter this uh, circular process again. When you say clean up the flue gas, you mean clean up the CO2 from the flue gas? Yes, yes. Yeah. So the, yeah, um, and water, but most the CO2 is taken out of the flue gas, at least most of the CO2. And we, we're talking about 90, 95%. That's very common now in uh, commercial plants that 90 to 95% of the CO2 is being taken out of the solvent. Heat up the solvent, then the CO2 is released again. And then that is a kind of pure CO2 stream, which then can be used for uh, for storage. What are the primary consequences of deg- the degradation of, of solvents? Was that kind of what the launch project was looking at? Yes, we wanted to. Our main object to, was to develop a kind of uh, solvent qualification protocol, uh, a kind of guideline for commercial suppliers to develop new solvents and how to test new solvents, uh, but also look at technologies to lower this degradation. Uh, because all, all solvents degradate. I mean, a solvent supplier who says, yeah, my, my solvent doesn't degrade at all. That's a fairy tale, I think. Some of the solvents can degrade faster or slower, but all solvents degrade. So we wanted to look at how to develop a solvent, but also how to manage the solvent in a process. And by managing mean is meaning uh, to keep the degradation as low as possible. What is your reference point for a good solvent and, and a bad solvent? Our dream solvent, you know, the, the 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 golden pot at the rainbow where everybody's looking for, is a solvent that is cheap, is a solvent that uh, takes up CO2 very fast in this first column, right? Taking the CO2 out of the out of the flue gas doesn't require a lot of energy to to strip the CO2 from the from the solvent. It has a low degradation, so it's very stable. It's biodegradable, uh, so if it uh, ends up in the environment, it's biodegradable, so environmentally friendly. So those are all yeah, solvent characteristics that should be yeah, perfect to have the ideal solvent. But uh, unfortunately, the yeah the real world is is a bit different. Uh, some of the solvents are more stable than others, and other solvents uh, take up the CO2 fast, uh, and other solvents take up the CO2 a bit slower. Yeah, the package of solvent characteristics makes a solvent a, a good or a or a or a bad solvent or bad solvent, uh, a better or a worse solvent. But yeah, this this characteristics can be different amongst all kinds of solvents. So there isn't any good or bad, but I think better and a bit less better, I think. And when you kicked off the launch project three years ago, what are some of the patterns that you noticed around solvents that you wanted to test and um, solve for? Yeah, there were a couple of angles we want to look at, a couple of aspects. What we knew already from uh, a lot of previous projects, uh, we've, we've, yeah, it's, it's a kind of, it's a small community, the CO2 Capture World, I would say. So we know each other pretty well, and we also were involved in previous projects, uh, a, lot of, a lot of us. And what you see is that the degradation uh, has a very slow increase for a certain time, 
and then suddenly the uh, degradation goes up very fast, very steep. So you think you're in control, but suddenly the solvent goes out, the solvent degradation goes up very fast, and then you're actually out of control. So then you can't, uh, yeah, decrease it anymore. So then you, uh, yeah, the best thing is then to to change the solvent. And we saw that this time where this steep increase starts was quite unpredictable. It, uh, it differed, differed a lot from different plants, from different flue gases. So we didn't really know what was the trigger for this degradation. So that's what we wanted to find out uh, by also doing some longer term testing. We also noticed that different solvents uh, also have different times when this degradation really uh, starts. And we also saw something in literature that some of the commercial projects also were having some problems with degradation. So also the commercial solvents had some problems with degradation. Uh, there was an article in the newspapers about Boundary Dam, which is, was the, by then the biggest CO2 capture plant in the world. And they were also mentioned that yeah, uh, they suffered from degradation, so they had to have a lot of, they spend a lot of money in replacing parts of the solvent to keep uh, the project running. That was also a while back. I think since then, the situation there has also approved. So they worked on it to uh, to make it better. But then by the time when we started launch, yeah, we really wanted to look deeply into this aspect of degradation, uh, what happened and also how, yeah, how we can develop some mitigation measures to make it better actually. How did drawing from actual CCS projects support your studies? So Boundary Dam that you just mentioned, which is in Saskatchewan, Canada, how much information or access to information did you have? Um, not so much, not from the commercial projects actually, but there also weren't that much commercial projects in the world actually, uh, available. Uh, there, there are not that many commercial plans yet. I think it now the last two, three years, it's really taking off. So more commercial plans are being built and becoming available. Uh, in the Netherlands, we have uh, the AVR, uh, also a, part, a partner in Launch, who built a commercial plant at the waste to energy facility in Northern Lights. Uh, they are building a, a CO2 capture system for a cement plant. In another waste to energy company in the Netherlands, Twents is working together with, uh, with Acre to build a CO2 capture plant. So now the commercial plants are coming, but when at the time when Launch started, there was not much information available. Uh, I mean, the information that was available was all about uh, the previous European projects, research projects that has been conducted before in the Europe and I think also in the, UN, in the United States, which all worked with this open solvents like MEA and CISA-1. That must have been a bit tricky for you when it came to your demonstration or your testing the projects. Can you maybe walk us through some of the solvents that you managed to test on a large scale during launch? Yes, in launch we tested actually uh, two solvents. So we tested MEA and CISA-1. Most of the solvents are all uh, amine mixtures. Uh, MEA, for instance, is a very well-known solvent, it's researched a lot. It's a single component uh, amine um, and also quite cheap, but prone to degradation, I would say. There is CISA-1, which was a result of an, uh, also a European project, yeah, maybe, uh, I think, 10, 12 years ago, which is a mixture of AMP and piperazine. For CISA-1, we had a very, very long campaign at uh, AWE in Niederausen. Um, that campaign started actually already in the Align project, which I was uh, which I mentioned before, 
and it continue in the launch project. So we've run this solvent for almost four years uh, without changing the inventory. And there we were able to use to test all kinds of uh, mitigation measures for degradation. So we took a look at, uh, for instance, active carbon beds who can take out certain components from the solvent. And we saw also that yeah, some, some components were taken out, for instance, iron and, uh, and nickel. But actually we didn't see, when we stopped the operation, we didn't see a, a really decrease of the degradation products actually in the, in the solvent. So the, the degradation curve just continued uh, as before. Some of the active carbon yeah, also created a lot of foaming. So that means that uh, yeah, there's a lot of uh, say foam on the top of the solvent, which you don't want. So we said, now maybe active carbon is not uh, the greatest uh, mitigation measure. We had a look at ion exchange, which is a technology which can also take uh, certain uh, components out of the solvent. So then we really lowered a lot of degradation products, but we also didn't see a lot of influence after that, after we stopped operation. Um, so the degradation increase, the degradation products didn't increase faster, but also not slower, actually. And we also had a demonstration of taking oxygen out of the solvent. The solvent contains oxygen, which comes with the flue gas. And oxidative degradation is known to be uh, really also uh, a reason that the degradation increases. So we tested a small membrane uh, technology, which is called DORA. And we were able to prove that it really removes a lot of oxygen from the solvent, up to 90%. But unfortunately, our campaigns were a bit, were a bit too short to really assess the, uh, the impact on the real degradation. And there was another technology, nitrogen sparging. So sparging nitrogen through the solvent. Also, there's also technology to take out the oxygen. And then we also see that oxygen was really taken out, but the campaign was a bit too short to have uh, firm conclusions. I mean, we definitely proved that CSO1 is a very stable solvent, which makes uh, yeah, it's positive news for the future, of course. Much more stable than MEA, for instance. A lot more expensive than MEA. So in a, in a, yeah, when you put down together the, the costs and the, the benefits, I think CSO1 outperforms MEA uh, at the moment. Uh, because it's much more stable, more people are going to use it. Maybe it also will become cheaper the components. So then I think we have a yeah a good open solvent. But yeah, it's it's hard to say which is better than if the one is better than the other. When it comes to developing the best solvents, um, what is the consequences of of not doing it? Is it just tied to cost, or is there other components to consider as well? Yeah, I think cost is an important. Uh, Component, uh, cost of ownership uh, is an important component. But I think we should also look at the environment. Uh, solvent that are degrading a lot also have more emissions. Uh, so more of uh, the degradation products are emitted to the atmosphere. Yeah, if you have to change your solvent a lot of times because it is degraded, that solvent is also considered as hazardous waste. Uh, so you have to have a controlled way of uh, of disposing this solvent. So it's it's a lot of a lot of environmental aspects also uh, when you use a solvent that degrades faster. Actually, so obviously you know your your team, you're the researchers. Is there any sort of um, advisory approach? Is that part of your mission as well, or is it purely research based? It's of course part of our mission to. Uh, 
to bring the technology forward and also to yeah to disseminate our results to the world and make uh, our knowledge available to also for the commercial suppliers. The commercial suppliers are quite protective about their knowledge, uh, so they won't at the, at the moment they won't open up uh, that much, at least not to maybe in a one to one relationship, yes, but not in a in a yeah constellation like this. Because we yeah we have to also publish our results and we we we're using public money to uh, to do our research and we also have to disseminate our results. What we want to do as a legacy for launch is to uh, establish a solvent degradation interest group, and we're thinking about okay we in the solvent degradation interest group we try to gather the knowledge from different projects, different research projects, and uh, bring that together in a yeah holistic way. To discuss about solvent degradation, and of course you want to be to have the yeah the commercial solvent suppliers to be part of this group. I'm a bit afraid that this group will be a lot of uh, sending and giving information from the projects and the researchers, and maybe not get too much back from the uh, commercial suppliers uh, because they have this IP and they are very protective about their uh, their solvent composition. Nevertheless, I think by sharing our knowledge sharing our experiences with open solvents. I think also the commercial suppliers will benefit from that to help them to make their solvents more um, more stable. Uh, but it's yeah, it's difficult to have a real discussion with them in a large group where they're all sitting around the table. Uh, but nevertheless, I think it's important to to yeah to to spread the news, to disseminate our results, to also make uh, have the opportunity to make this commercial solvents a lot better uh, concerning degradation. Speaking of results, what were the final conclusions of the launch project and what was the feedback and input that you received from those commercial providers? I think some of the major results from launch is that uh, we have created a database where we have put all our research data and we also encourage other projects and other parties to put their research data there. I think it's important to make uh, research data uh, available for the world, also for other research groups to have a look at our data and to see uh, what they can do with it. Yeah, this database will be also published at the end of the launch uh, project through our website, and then people can have a look and they can access the database and they can also upload their own data into this database. We also made the first start with a solvent degradation model, so a model that can predict degradation. It has been now developed for MEA and CISO1 and been validated with our project results. It's a, let's say, a very pragmatic model, but we're also going to publish this model uh, through our uh, through our website with some kind of example how to use it. So we also want to make that available to the community to use and hopefully. Uh, this model can be improved over time with other solvents. We have tested a kind of small scale rig uh, next to a, a very big installation to see if the degradation profile of this solvent would be similar in this quite small rig and the bigger plant. And the idea behind that was to prove and validate if we could test solvents with a smaller scale rig, which will make uh, the whole testing and validation of solvent much cheaper. You can e evaluate the solvent in a shorter time frame. So we put 
a, a, a launch rig, which is a, a yeah a small uh, CO2 capture system, next to the pilot plant of AWE, and we loaded both uh, rigs with the same solvent, and we could really prove that the degradation profiles of this two plants, the small one and the bigger one, were similar. So that opens up the opportunity for people to uh, to test with smaller scale plants. And one of the results of deliverables for launch will also be that we publish the basic design of such a such a rig, such a small rig, so that people can actually build their own rig and do testing with this uh, with this small scale rig behind launch. And of course, a lot of the deliverables in launch are public deliverables. So we will also uh, yeah put them on our website to make yeah our research available also for the community to be used and to get uh, get acquainted with. Was it difficult to get all the partners involved? You mentioned it was a truly international project and you had different government partners and, and policy experts from around the world. Was it tough to rally the troops or was it easier than you suspected? It was easier than I expected. For the European partners, yeah, we are we are we have this Horizon Europe, right? Horizon 2020 funding schemes where um, partners already work together. Uh, also, the cooperation agreements between European partners are a bit more easier because uh, we all have more or less the same laws. Um, it was a bit of a challenge to get the US on board uh, because yeah, they, they look different to, uh, to cooperation agreements. Um, but I think in the end it worked out really nice. I think everybody was uh, very committed. We had yeah consortium meetings with a lot of discussion, a lot of uh, intense discussions also, I think. But everyone, everybody was there at least for the for the benefit of the project and to make the project better. So I think in the end we yeah, I think we did a great job as a consortium. Having a fight every now and then, strong opinions. But yeah, I mean strong parties also have strong opinions. So you have to be to deal with that. But in the end, I think we had a, we had a great project uh, together, and I think everybody was uh, yeah very committed to to work on the goals of launch. So in in that sense, it was uh, I really liked it to work with these people as a coordinator. Yeah. Now that this is concluded, what would you like to see the next steps be? Aside from of course being transparent and sharing your findings, is there something that you'd like maybe other governments to take on in terms of passing the baton in, in research efforts? Where would you like to see this headed? I think we've, we've done a lot. We had great results. And some of uh, our partners say we, we are on a, on a war with degradation and the war is not over yet. <laughs> and what we also, I think, should look, look into is uh, reclaiming. So reclaiming is a technology where you can uh, take out the degradation products from the solvent by a thermal process most of the times. Um, and then, yeah, regenerate your solvent. There's been quite some research on uh, MEA for that because it's a single component solvent, uh, which makes it more easy to reclaim. Yeah, what I think we should do, and we also discuss it in our in our team, that uh, reclaiming of solvent is, is a bit of an open area nowadays, and we should look more into that especially into the reclaiming of uh, blended solvents, so solvent with a mixture of components. I think there's still a lot of research to do how to do that in a in a good way and in a very efficient way. So I think that is really a topic for further research, I would say. Yeah, what I really hope that in this solvent degradation interest group, 
that we can at least share the knowledge. Yeah, I think there are a few knowledge gaps that still need to be fulfilled. I talked about uh, reclaiming. I talked about uh, uh, removing oxygen from the solvent, how that turns out in longer campaigns. Um, I talked about testing solvents with different flue gases, different plants. Uh, so there's still a lot to do. But I think there's a firm basis. And yeah, that hopefully also the commercial supplies of solvents will open up a bit and hopefully share some of their results yeah, to make the overall um, impact of uh, launch and lowering degradation of solvents uh, yeah, to, to improve that actually. Thanks, Peter, for, for joining us. Is there any final words that you'd like to impart to our audience? Um, yeah, the only thing I, I want to say is that indeed working on this kind of topic is um, really, I think, a job for the international community not only in Europe, but worldwide. So, yeah, I, I would like to see eventually that we don't, don't eat, only have a European projects where European projects can work together, but more or less on a much wider scale that that, that uh, in the world there are other knowledge institutes who also do a lot on this topic. And it would be nice if we can have a kind of easy way to collaborate together, not only on the European level, but actually on a world level to tackle this problem, because I really think that uh, that is needed to bring the technology forward. So I, I hope that will happen. I think it's difficult, but uh, that would be my dream, that uh, all institutes in the world can make projects together to work on this kind of important topics. I agree. And um, I'm sure in the coming months, years, we'll, we'll definitely see more of that. Mm -hmm. so fingers crossed. Yeah, <laughs> fingers crossed indeed. For more details about this episode and podcast, visit globalccsinstitute.com and head to the Multimedia Library.